This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com hello and welcome to the Love strangers a swindon town fan podcast with me rich pullen proudly sponsored by the stfc official supporters club rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside beautiful play that is that what a good shot Hello, Ben. Hello, Rich. It's been since about mid what March. Yeah, it has been a while. We've, we've obviously did a few uh, sort of coronavirus updates regarding the leagues as as they went on, but it's safe to say this episode has been long planned. We really have really planned podcast, but this one has been long in the pipeline. We've just been waiting and waiting for the EFL to, to officially call things. So, um, so yeah, much planned but much delayed podcast that's about to uh, be listened to, I think. Well, you've not been waiting. You've been ready to go whenever. It's been me that's been holding off. Yeah, well, we're we're doing player awards now, so I've 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 kind of had the opinion that we can do player awards because sprinting season has has finished. We know that much, but you know we've just just been waiting on the EFL to officially call things. So I've been uh, I've been ready to go just doing some player awards, but you've uh, been very pedantic and and happy to wait until everything is uh, hopefully sorted out. Pedantry is what I do. So we did awards last year and it was a bit of a struggle to be fair if I remember rightly and they were placed in the end of season review and the end of season review will appear whenever as Ben says the league two season has officially been ended rubber stamped and hopefully town as champions before then though we will have a little fun and go through our yearly awards some new ones some reworded but lots of winners 
and it wasn't it was it was harder this year for better reasons wasn't it yeah, absolutely. As you said, we had to sort of rename and, and rejig a few awards. I think most improved has been has been changed to something and, and, and lots of other ones. So so yeah, it's definitely um harder choice but for good reasons and, and like if we've got like a worse moment that's not really a bad moment really and, and all that sort of thing. So it's definitely had to rejig a bit, but it's um it should be a lot happier podcast than uh, around this time last year. Yeah, and I should say the decisions for most of these awards were made by myself. Ben and Town's Head of Media and Communications, Mr. Ben Hook. So we made the decisions. If you're not happy with them, I'm sorry. But, you know, there's only so many (laughs) debates we can have. And there were a few. But ultimately, I think I'm happy with the final decisions. We've got some, uh, you know, honourable mentions from those that have been, you know, put in as well. But ultimately, we've been... uh very harsh and, and dictated it with just three of us but we, like I said we have got some honourable mentions from uh, from the listeners so I think that's a decent enough compromise <laughs> well we'll start with the negativity because you know it's still the Low Strangers podcast and we'll begin with the biggest villain award in 2019 it was won by Forest Green Rovers and their decision to put those preemptive achievement stars on the back of their shirts how's that going for you Mr Vince uh, this year there were mentions and suggestions for Gary Boyer Bradford City as a whole uh, Plymouth Argyle social media person uh, Mr Hicks and his officials from the Northampton game and um, Lee Power but the winner in 2020 with all seriousness placed to the side has been COVID-19 and I cannot stress this enough this is purely been on football terms <laughs> yeah absolutely I think some people might argue hero given that you know it's led to the season being curtailed and Swindon being announced as, as Asterix champions but I think we went for villain because fundamentally we all want the season to reach a conclusion there's going to be lots of problems in football uh, because of the because of the pandemic and how football's going to work from from when we resume onwards so so yeah for having a season ended uh not brilliantly and I think I think the, the villain is going to be COVID-19 because that has summed up the season when people look at 2019-20 I think most football fans in general not just town fans will just think of the coronavirus ending it so yeah I think that could be the only the only real choice for the biggest villain for this award absolutely and at a micro historical level you know this was a real feel-good season in progress for Swindon Town and it was derailed and if indeed Swindon are given the status of champions it doesn't come with any of the trimmings and when you think about this being what Swindon's fourth ever football league division trophy title winning season it's just a big tragedy that the town of Swindon doesn't get that moment to celebrate even if they do plan something further down the line. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a weird season to look back on. It will be a weird season to look back on when people have enjoyed a lot of football between August and, and February and then in March. It just ended uh, randomly due to, to reasons beyond Sweden's control. But uh, at least it's unique and there are only going to be a handful of clubs that can say, or maybe even one club that could say they've been awarded uh, Asterix champions because the championship should play on. League One might get it and the Premier League could play on. So Swindon could be the only Asterix champions uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So that's it's disappointing, but it's unique in a way, I suppose. Something for the pub quizzes. <laughs> exactly. Jonathan uh, Wilson will be using that for the blizzard. I'm, I've no doubt about it. Ben, if <laughs> COVID-19, and this is wishful thinking, didn't exist, which of those mentions that I listed there might have, have, have won instead? 
Uh, I think it probably would have been Bradford. I think I, I, I'm glad it didn't win in a way because I wouldn't have wanted to put a football club rattling ours to 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 win in, in terms of in terms of that shit But I think I think let's face it, a lot of the season has been you know the toing and froing between Swindon and Bradford fans on social media, and the whole Doyle saga didn't go away even in January when he's recalled. So I think Bradford wouldn't have won it, but I think we could have also had a, an honourable mention for for Mansfield of that weird cringe Nicky Maynard announcement oh, uh, yeah. video. So there's definitely a few things going on across the league, but I think if, uh, if it wasn't coronavirus, it would have been uh, Bradford winning, and, and I'd have doffed my cap. For this year, has been winning, but at the same time, would have been a, a bit disappointing. They rattled us to a such an extent. They won, they won an award, even in a very not, not very nice one. Ben, it's been over two months since I heard you say shit housing, and I've missed it so much. <laughs> yeah, I've still not really got over Lance Vigory leaving. To be honest, I do miss his antics on a weekly basis, but uh, we've got a few that are uh, that do a bit for him. So uh, it's all good. And shit housing is a top tier word, so good to bring it back. And we were denied Viggs's return. Exactly. That would have been a nice way to end the season because that was on, on, a, on the final day of our day. So yeah, we've been robbed of a lot of things and, and Leighton Orient won't be joining us in League One and Viggs is under contract so he won't be leaving there. So unless we get a cup tie, then uh, then no Viggs return for the foreseeable future. I think I would have given it to the Plymouth Argyle social media guy because they have a reputation for... Uh you know, shit housing as you as you would, you know, like to put it. And not so much why they got it, and that's of course because of the bless jibe, but more so because every now and again it still rears its ugly head. <laughs> if we had a word of the season award, I think Bless would definitely win that one. That's definitely been there. <laughs> something that's brought up a lot on social media. Whenever, whenever Plymouth lose or Swindon win, and certainly that um, that you know sort of New Year's Day uh, night at, um, at home park, that was, that was I think Bless is almost trending in Swindon after that one. So that would have won word of the season if we had one. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the next of the negatives, which was worst moment of the season. It was won in 2019 by Woking who beat Swindon in the FA Cup. That seems like a very long time ago. There were mentions for worst moments, and there were plenty of them, but none of them too serious. Owen Doyle's recall, simply because what happened after that. Just the stress of January 2020. Uh, Dion Conroy's injury. Again, Northampton's winner at the county ground. Late equalisers was nominated. Uh, Forest Green Rovers, Bradford at home, Cheltenham in the FA Cup. The winner this year was Jerry Yates' recall. Immediate hopes were pinned on Yates after Doyle's return to Bradford. Yates then impressed, scored goals and then was recalled by Rotherham United. Of course, there was a happy ending in all of that, but still a very annoying time then. Yeah, I think it just caused uh, a lot of panic and, and perhaps rightly so. I sort of remember the incident happening and uh, I was asked, like covering a Chippenham Academy game and I'd, I'd been on a long sort of coach to to uh, to Bromley, I think it was, and I landed at the ground, in the laptop, getting ready for a day there, and you know I see the SDFC hashtag, and all hell's breaking loose. Is is Jerry Hayes has been recalled, and it was always a possibility. We knew that Rotherham had done it with um, Carlisle the season before, so we were worrying. But I think it's safe to say, even though we do love Jerry Hayes, certainly the most of the worry was regarding Bradford, given they were in the same league, and we were hoping that Rotherham would be nice. But unfortunately, they had some injuries, and but I think we can be very thankful. And maybe maybe the biggest hero could could uh, be Paul Warren and, and any of them keeping to his word and giving Jerry Yates back as soon as their injury problems for that weekend subsided. But certainly, <clears throat> in terms of the moment itself, definitely a lot of panic uh, from me included and many others on the hashtag that day when uh, when that sort of club statement came through from the from the club Twitter account. Yeah, I think Ben H pushed for this one because 
he described to me just how how much of an impact that made behind the scenes when that recall came through everybody was gutted you know we kind of all expected or that Owen Doyle was going to be recalled by Bradford it just made sense but there was this hope that Warren wouldn't need him at Rotherham and probably didn't until those injuries occurred and just the mood within the corridors of the county ground when Yates was recalled was a horrible horrible feeling so I'm told <laughs> I, I can definitely uh, I can definitely vouch for that I wasn't in the club at the time but like I said an afternoon at Bromley became more stuffle than it definitely should have been and uh, yeah literally opened up my laptop to see all hell breaking loose and a lot of upset and from like I said for myself included so yeah I think uh, it's weird that uh, you know sort of lone recall stick in the memory but that was definitely a day where uh, that will that will have me for a long time just that initial panic of seeing that club statement yeah, my I think my main nomination from this was the Cheltenham equaliser in the FA Cup, simply because we were so close to breaking that bloody curse, if indeed a curse exists, but we were so, so close. And then a good old fashioned rugby up and under did us in. Yeah, I think there's, I think it's quite good. There was no real standout here. There's a lot of you know quite annoying things. There's no sort of real heartbreak like Woking was and, and no real embarrassment, but it's a very good season. A couple of minor you know not very nice things happen but there's nothing that sounds like that that was like absolutely horrible from this season so uh, I think that's a that's a nice bonus from that yeah okay the next one and the last of the negatives I suppose but it's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek award it's the disappearing act award in 2019 that went to Martin Smith uh, there were plenty of mentions for this one. Some of them, most of them, just players who left during the season. So Tamani Diagaraga, Jermaine McGlashan, Dan Ballard, and Sidi Sonoko, we hardly knew you, um, were all nominated. But me and you, Ben, we, we really did push for this. The winner in 2020 is Dion Donahue, but for slightly different reasons this year. Yeah, not reasons we wanted to go over too much, but certainly ones that were. Uh, beyond the club's control and it was a, a difficult one at the time but then you know that Paul Caddis arrived shortly afterwards to fill the gap so all worked out well in the end but certainly Dion Donahue was a player that I think could be quite forgotten in, in sport or quiz of the future if people do them and try and remember all the squad I think Dion Donahue is definitely one that will skip uh, past a few people but definitely provided some good moments and I think the, the cross for one of Owen Doyle's, Owen Doyle's goals at Crawley stands out but yeah generally a, a solid player that you know had to leave before, for reasons kind of beyond his control really yeah, I mean, it, it was a very, very good month that he had. I mean, I think we only lost one game within in the side, and that was Crew, and he looked really, really good. And then, obviously, because of off-the-field issues, it all went wrong, and it looked like he was coming back, and then he wasn't fit. And then, well, when you've got Paul Caddis on the scene, you know, sorry, deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it's a, it's a shame for the other ones as well. The the honourable mentions, I think Diego Araga and McGlashan, a lot of people were glad that they were they they were gone. But I think Diego Araga, especially, he's the one that came with a lot of hype in in, in when he when he first arrived and, and didn't quite work. And I think Dan Ballard's probably the saddest one, just a, a promising player that Arsenal rate quite highly. I think Wellens got in quite quickly, wanted to wanted to build a defence around Dan Ballard, and then he played a handful of games in the EFL Trophy and so forth and scored a goal and then and then got injured soon after and that ended his season. So massive disappointment for him. And again, if he were doing sport or quiz of the future, Dan Ballard will definitely be forgotten by many because uh, he was one of the lone the lone army that was only here if you know blinked and you missed him. So that was a that was a shame there. Yeah, and I think when we just finished doing the live show with Richie Wellens, I believe he was telling me and you that you know, City Sunoko was all ready to be a very much a first team player in contention and then you know, the name Anthony Grant gets circulated around the Football League and you go for it. 
yeah, again, a, a weird signing that will probably go down in the annals of Swindon history. Just was on trial for sealing forever. Impressed those that saw him. Uh, not many people saw him, but those that did see him were quite liked him. And then we were waiting for international clearance, which felt for about six months, but probably probably about two or three months. And then he gets in, and sadly he arrives and gets clearance at a time when there's, you know, like you said, Anthony Grant and Danny Rose and Michael Doughty and and that idea about five centre midfielders that he had to compete with. So was never going to get a look in beyond EFL trophy minutes. But at least he didn't go for Milan Magin and he did get some minutes but definitely another one in the Dan Ballard category of like blinking you miss him sort of thing yeah Sid, Sidi I saw Sidi play in the uh, Football League trophy against Bristol Rovers and him and Tamani both looked solid didn't look off the pace or anything like that I mean it was a nothing game stroll no doubt but they looked fine I think uh, he played in the Manchester United Academy game, so at least I can say I saw Sidney Sinoco play, but I'd be lying if I had any you know, deep takes. I think he, he did okay, but it's always hard to, to judge trialists in those games, but at least I can claim any. You know, I saw Sidney Sinoco play T-shirts that, get, that go in a few years' time. I'm getting one. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's a little flick. Stroud. What a good shot! You're listening to the Low Strangers podcast, proudly sponsored by the STFC Official Supporters Club. Okay, let's move to the good stuff then, the 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 positive awards, and we we'll start with best moments. Last year, quite comically, but really understandably, the award in 2019 went to that injury time uh, finale against Macclesfield Town at home on the opening day of the 2018-29 season. I put all of these questions pretty much, all of these nominations up to social media and every single one that I saw came up with the same response and it was the same for us as well. The best moment of the season was Owen Doyle's winner away at Plymouth Argyle and it's hard to argue against that. Yeah, I think we almost half-jokingly went for the uh, Owen Doyle being uh, re-signed as, as the best moment because I certainly sent Twitter into absolute a positive meltdown for once and people were going you know, crazy in a good way for that one. But certainly I think for a very good season that 2019-20 was until it was curtailed, uh, we should definitely go for an on-pitch moment. And certainly, as you said, the overwhelming choice was Owen Doyle's winner at Plymouth and, and the celebrations that followed, which I'm sure we'll mention later as well. So yeah, in terms of on-pitch moments, definitely that goal but uh, yeah, I think Owen Doyle's recall definitely, or Owen Doyle's re-signing definitely could have been uh, an honourable mention for this one as well. Yeah, and as you know, I've, I've talked to a fair few of the current squad over the last couple of months, and what they talk about so enthusiastically, whether on mic or off, is just the fact that they were G'd up by Plymouth in the build-up to that. They loved the fact that they had held back from opening their new stand for this game and the anticipation was that it was going to be a great game and Swindon of course are all very much of the opinion that it was indeed you know a uh, to and fro it was attacking both ends and and ultimately we spoiled the party which is always a good moment yeah definitely yeah like I said earlier Blast was almost trending in Swindon given so many people are tweeting it and it's being mentioned so often that that Plymouth uh, tweet definitely came back and bit me on the ass. uh on a very good way to celebrate a new year in 2020. Sadly, it went downhill. But, uh, <laughs> but 2020, uh, 2020 definitely got off to like the best possible start in, in beating a not a rival, but you know a, a playoff or sorry promotion 
uh, sort of rival in that sense, and definitely one that, like we've mentioned quite a few times, definitely caused a bit of a bite and and uh, an, an interesting scenes on social media, especially. Yeah. Let's move on. Best team performance now, and there were plenty to choose from in 2019. Uh, the award went to the 2-0 victory over Forest Green Rovers at home. There were mentions this year for dominant displays against Macclesfield Town and Crawley Town. There was, of course, that Leighton Orient win away. But I pushed this one through more than anything, I think. I, and I know Richie Wellens agrees, and I know several of the players mentioned this one. It is the 2-1 victory against Exeter City at home. One of our final games of the season, it turned out. But, you know, given the elements, it was a really important win. Yeah, this is a hard choice for a lot of reasons, mainly because, of course, it's been a very good season. There's been lots of very good wins, but I think one of the main difficulties I had in picking one was that I saw most of the home ones, and most of the home ones kind of blend into one in terms of teams sticking the uh, men behind the ball and them being, you know, working hard to break them down, and the away ones are more free-flowing, but I haven't seen the full 90 minutes. So whether we could have nominated, you know, Crawley or Orion, I didn't see them in full, so hard to really nominate, you know, full performances I haven't seen properly. So I think... I think I probably would have gone for Macclesfield, but as you said, you pushed this one, and I, I do see the point in terms of it was a very you know hard game in difficult conditions, and, and Wellens agrees with you, so I'm happy to, uh, to to back down on that one, but it's just a case of I don't remember because it was a particularly good game, but certainly as a team performance, it does stand out among many as, as one where they really had to grind against a, a promotion rival on a, on a big day. So, uh, yeah, I, I tend to think of like big performances as, as like spotting teams aside, so I probably would have gone for Macclesfield, but I do take the point that you know, like I said, Exeter was a was a hard team in hard conditions, and and they ground out a two one win just about. Yeah, when when we do the season review, we'll talk about that month around about late August to mid to late September, where there was this real feel good factor around the club. Um, it coincided with that Leighton Orient win, and indeed the Macclesfield win, which the performance itself, I completely agree, it was much much better than the. Uh, wind tunnel game against Exeter City but I just think you know those that those are the sort of games that that are the reason why the points per game average are going to go it's going to go Swindon's way and we've seen it all before supporting Swindon where we have those little wobbles and Exeter they didn't really do much but it's the fact that Swindon did what they needed to do. Yeah, exactly. If we're, if we're going to go down the route of uh, the PPG games, I think we should probably give a mention to the 3-1 against Crew, which is a, a good game and, and one of Town's better performances again against a big team. And, and that definitely made a difference. That 3-1 could have been the difference between Swindon being champions and runner-up if it turns out that way. So, uh, yeah, it might be not the best performance, but certainly that game was huge. Moving on then. So next one is the best individual performance of the season in 2019. That went to Sol Price and his unlikely brace against Stevenage. Yeah, this year, there were loads of great individual performances this year. I remember Isgrove was flavour of the month for a while. So it was Jordan Lydon, Owen Doyle, of course. Broadbent came in and did a great job. Anthony Grant did a great job. And Michael Doughty, Jerry Yates, players that I'm not even going to list because, you know, Rob Hunt, 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10 every single week. But we have given the award for 2020 to Keshi Anderson for his hat-trick against Cambridge United. 
yeah, there's lots of um, lots of ones we could have done, gone for, but I think it's a split between two really, given there was there was two hat tricks this season and and the one was Owen Doyle at Crawley, but I think the one that edges Keshi Anderson is that we won four 0 that day and Keshi Anderson scored three goals and one penalty for the for the first goal that was that was the four, that was the first goal of the game, but the fourth um, overall. So definitely, I think Keshi Anderson shades it because he's involved with four goals, not three. So Owen Doyle can be hard done by for it was a very good display at Crawley, but I think I think Keshi Anderson just about shades it because you know he was involved in four goals instead of three. Next one then is the best goal of the season and this was really difficult. There were plenty of nominations again. Uh, in 2019 this went to Luke Wolfenden's goal against Colchester United at home. Uh, this year we have given it to Owen Doyle's third goal against Crawley Town at the county ground and Ben this is one that you went for. Yeah, it's a, a really difficult one. I think it's between Doyle's or one of Doyle's goals against Macclesfield and, and the, the third one against Crawley. But I think the, the Crawley one edges it just because there was there's such a great team movement involved. Practically everyone, if not everyone, I might have to check it back to see if everyone was involved. But certainly, if all like most of them, if it wasn't all of them, but it's definitely close between this one and Macclesfield because it's good to see Owen Doyle score from the edge of the box and Macclesfield won again. A lovely team move that involved back hills and all sorts. But I think I'll have to go for the the Crawley one, given that, like I said, it involved almost every team member, if not all of them. Yeah, that Owen Doyle goal against uh, Macclesfield, with the, it was almost Shear, Sheringham to Shearer in Euro 96-esque. And now I know you've watched that game. Um, <laughs> you can relate to that. And anything involves, say, Michael Doughty through ball um, usually has my vote, but I'm fair if nothing else, Ben. I have to say I'm half surprised that there isn't even an honourable mention from yourself being biased for Rob Hunt's goal. Uh, that he scored at home, not the Orient one, the one he scored at home against Crew, I think. So definitely surprised that you haven't mentioned that, that in at least passing during this, given uh, Rob Hunt is your favourite, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Moving <laughs> on. So <laughs> we've had the best goal, but let's have the best goal celebration now in 2019. It went to the last day of the season. Theo Robertson and Kane Woodery's Stone Cold Stunner against Notts County. There could only be one winner for this one. Of course, 2020 goes to Owen Doyle against, yeah, Plymouth Argyle at home park. Yeah, I think you're right in sense any one winner, but at the same time, I think it's a really strong category. There's loads I could reel off that I really liked in this, this season. I think the winner is obviously Doyle at Plymouth, given the, the scenes and the, the hashtag man love that, that Doyle was talking about uh, full time. But certainly there, there's a Kane Rory sort of Mbappe impression that he did uh, after he scored against Carlisle. I'm a big fan of the all over Danny Rose celebration wasn't, you know, an iconic celebration. I love the pictures. Some of those pictures were incredible. And there's definitely the, the DJ sort of dance that he did at the Plymouth from the same game. There's lots of really, really good celebrations. And, and you can include a lot more on that that aren't really, um, in, like, include that we haven't mentioned. But there's, there's definitely a lot of celebrations that uh, I enjoy during the course of the season. But I think Owen Doyle is the, is the correct, correct winner for this award, given there was a, an iconic moment at Plymouth that has gone down as one of the best moments of the season. Uh, next one, if we've had goals, let's celebrate saves. So the next one is for best save in 2019. Lawrence Vigaru got that for a sweeper-keeper effort against Mansfield Town at home. There were mentions for Luke McCormick's reflex save against Cambridge United. Uh, Bender versus Mansfield in Exeter came up, but I pushed for this one. Um, 2020, it goes to Stephen Bender's save in the away game against Northampton Town from a Charlie Good header. And this one, Ben, I'm giving it, because again, context... 
Swindon had just scored. It was a grind, that game. And it's a header that's going into the top corner. I've seen so many goalkeepers at every level just stand and watch that flow in. But somehow, quite easily it seems, Bender scoops it out uh, for a corner. And again, given what happens just weeks later, so, so important. I think this is a harder one generally. We definitely struggled last year. I think it's just I think it's just harder one generally because you, you you it's a lot easier to to find goals rather than finding saves, and they often get cut out of the highlights packages. So you've really got to remember sort of iconic saves, and certainly the the Northampton one stands out. I think I've seen the Mansell one at home where he sort of pushes it over the bar quite a few times. It's on the the Ivor Graham video that he did for Sky Bet. I think I'd probably. I, it's not really a save, but I think the the one that I thought was a save at the time that ended up being a block, I'd probably go for the Rob Hunt block against Walsall that definitely stood out as one of the the, the big saves of the season for me. And I, I was convinced that was a goal and suddenly that, that was a, a body. I thought was Stevens at the time, turned out to be Rob's that got in the way to block that over. But certainly, uh, like I said, it's a harder wall to do because there are only a handful that you can sort of remember and recall immediately. But certainly... Benders at Northampton and, and like I said I go for the Rob Hunt one against Walsall that, that definitely saved two points there the Walsall one did it definitely come off Hunt or was it one of their own players I still can't decide <laughs> I, I've also seen it I've seen it multiple times as well multiple times on that day because I'm trying to rewind it and get the touch I, I, I gave it to Stephen on the night I can say that for certainty I definitely gave it to Stephen on the night uh, I've definitely had to backtrack on that one I think I think it's Rob Hunt it could be their player maybe if even maybe it's even Bender it's definitely someone but whoever made that save uh, home to Warsaw was, is winning my awards well, I'm happy to give it to an actual save that we can concrete save was made by Bender yeah when you consider uh, Owen Doyle's effort against uh Exeter City it was a it was a year of phantom moments at the counterground. <laughs> yeah I've got to mention that I think I think biggest villain I definitely um I definitely nominated whoever gave that goal to Doyle against Exeter for a, for a long while and that's been chalked off by by either you or Ben but I'm happy for the, the actual winner of the worst the worst or the biggest villain sorry but uh <laughs> but yeah that definitely that would have been uh definitely would have been among my choices for that award. Next up is the best loanee. I gave this to Luke Wolfenden in 2019. And there were a good few great efforts. Um, the special mention really is to DJ, who I haven't put forward as the winner because he did miss large parts of the season. But when he, he when he did come back, he was very, very good. Reg was also kicking on just before the season was suspended. And I say that as somebody who was quite critical of his early performances at Newport especially, but he did really well nearer to the end. But this is a joint awards. This one this year goes to both Stephen Bender and Jerry Yates. Yeah, obviously I think Loney's a difficult one because all of them were so good. And I think a lot of people will go for Anthony Grant as well. But I think we, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he ruled out Anthony Grant and Owen Doyle because they signed permanently. So you're kind of only left with, with Bender and Yates and especially mention to, to everyone else because they're all brilliant and like the only, you can't even call it a bad one, but the only one that didn't really work was, was Ten Ballard because he got injured. So a lot of people bemoan loans not quite going well or not suiting the club ethos or not really buying into the club but you certainly can't say that about the 2019-20 crop all of them were superb and a lot of them are player of the year candidates and and like I said the only one that didn't well the only one that wasn't a success was was uh was Dan really and that's because he got injured in, in Musquay and he got a couple of games before before the um the pandemic so you can't really uh, have a go at uh, Musquay either so yeah pretty much every loan was, was spot on and was crucial in town getting their promotion and their championship all I'm going to say is, hey, Adam May, I haven't forgotten you, mate. 
<laughs> that's true. That is true. Scratch that. Sorry, Adam. Adam didn't work. That's the only one. <laughs> Now we're into the uh, more serious acknowledgements, I would say, if serious can be a word used during this episode. We're going now to breakout season, which was previously called the underrated player. I listened to something recently and there was a compelling argument that nobody's underrated, they're just overlooked or something like that. So breakout season in 2019 was Kyle Noyle. Fortunately, he decided that uh, that would be his major contribution. This year... 2020, we didn't really consider anybody else but Rob Hunt. Yeah, I think we could, we could have left it as underrated because a lot of people have said Rob Hunt is underrated, but I think Rob Hunt had a touch of the James Milners and the Michael Carrick where everyone says he's underrated that he's now rated sufficiently. So uh, really difficult because every player practically, certainly in the uh, in the main 11, has been lauded as the best or a player of the year award potential winner. So highest to underrated, but definitely um, breakout with Rob Hunt, I think. I can say that I didn't think he'd be even our first choice right back, and he certainly became first the first choice right back, and then the first choice left back during the course of the season. So definitely uh, a, su- a surprise to many, myself included, that he was this involved and and played almost every minute and was was key in that and get some getting lots of assists and a goal and a half as well. So and definitely being a player of the year candidate. So definitely uh, unsung. Oh, sorry, breakout season is definitely the uh, an easy award for uh, for Rob Hunt. Yeah, what a season it's been and. Like you said, everyone said, you know, how good he's been. I don't think we've used the term underrated on this podcast for him, you know, until, if at all, you know, we'd have to listen back, but very impressed with him. Another example of Richie Wellens getting the most of his squad. Yeah, I think the main thing for me is that when he was being signed, I think Wellens was talking a lot about he wanted a fullback that played both sides, and I think... I think this is a, a, a you know a, a point on me rather than rather than Wellens, but I think I think of players that are, are versatile as a players that fill a gap rather than I don't think we really think about players that are versatile as as players that are really good in multiple positions. We sort of think they're a jack of all trades and master of none, and that's what I was kind of expecting with Rob Hunt. I think we'd have I thought we'd have um, Zeki on the left and Reed on the right, and then Rob Hunt would fill in whenever one of those two are injured. But certainly he became you know first choice right back immediately, and then you know when Zeki was moved to the centre was first choice left back as I said. So. Definitely someone who I expect to be like a, a bit part player covering for Indus became, you know, a key member in some players, player of the year award choice, uh, you know, pretty imminently. And he, he sort of got into the team in August and didn't look back from there. So, yeah, definitely uh, de- all the praise in the world deserves to be laboured at Rob Hunt. And he's definitely not underrated, but I'm not sure how sufficiently he is rated. I'm sure he's overrated or underrated or, or, or perfectly rated, but certainly someone that deserves a lot of praise and, and any award that, that can be given to him unsung hero now which is a new one for 2020 i don't think we could realistically dish that one out last season or in 2018 2019 there were loads of special mentions for players for this matthew uh, baudry uh, danny rose keshi anderson rob hunt michael dalty stephen bender jerry yates dj uh, ellis iandolo all were mentioned um and it is one of those categories which is open for interpretation. I do know that Ben Hook was quite passionate about the winner for this one, um, simply because you know he's provided the most assists this season, despite rarely getting that much of a mention. And it's really worth pointing out that you know he hasn't been the most 
liked player at Swindon with the fan base in the last few years, but you know he contributed in 2019, 2020 in a big way. So 2020's winner for this is Kane Woolery. Yeah, I think the main thing I'm going to say here is that at the time of recording, Wellens has released a few players and he says he remains in talks with everyone else at a contract and Kane Woolery is one of them. I'm sure a lot of people will now want Kane to stay when you know, rewind you know, 12 months or 18 months. They probably wouldn't want that to be the case, but now Kane Winner is, you know, a semi-important player in the squad and, 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 and contributing a lot. And a lot of people now want him to stay and sign contracts. So I think that's probably the biggest sort of praise and compliment I can give him is that a lot of people now who wouldn't have been nonplussed about him leaving and now are desperate to stay and, and Wellens, he's, he's enough to convince Wellens he deserves a further deal as well. So I think all, all credit deserves to be uh, given to Kane Winner and, and many others who have changed minds um, and, and definitely one well and over. Yes, yeah, some of this content may be repeated during the end of season <laughs> review. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, perhaps there's a lot of asterisks this season. Definitely put those uh, in asterisks. I could uh, definitely repeat myself in a in a week or two's time. <laughs> okay, next up is the most improved award in 2019. That went to James Dunn, who swiftly went into the National League. After that, nominees for this year included Danny Rose, Kane Woodery, and Keshi Anderson. But the 2020 award goes to Ellis Iandolo. I think I can probably copy and paste a lot of what I just said about Kane Woodley and put it to LSA Angelo. Again, another player's out of contract. A lot of people would have been non-plus if he was released uh, you know, 12 months or 18 months ago. But again, uh, he's, in, he's in talks of Wellens and a lot of people want LSA Angelo to stay. So probably, yeah, copy and paste what I just said about Kane Woodley and also apply it to LSA Angelo as well. You're quite right. We don't want to go through things that we will discuss in further depth during the end of season review. But... His injury was a real, like Dion Conroy really, it was a real tragedy in football terms because he was proving his worth at Swindon this season, wasn't he? Not that he hadn't before, but he was becoming a real, real mainstay. Yeah, again, one of the, the versatile players that actually, it kind of was a bit about player, but you know, when, when you look at the team sheet, you might get previously you might have got a bit nervous when you saw Angelo in place of a, another player but if Zeki Fries was injured and Angelo played left back or or Callis was injured and, and Rob Hunt was moved and Angelo to play left back there's no real worry he's still confident that he'd do a good job so again it's just that a case a lot of a lot of players who were were hangovers from the 2019 squad have definitely changed some minds and Elisa Angelo definitely in a, a pretty big category in terms of that yeah the next one is new for 2020 and that's the team of the year you and me both agreed on this, and so did Ben Hook as well. So it'll be interesting to see whether we got this right. But all three of us had no complaints over this side. So the 11 that we went for was, was Bender, Caddis, Baudry, Friars, Hunt, Grant, Doughty, Lydon, Yates, Doyle, Isgrove. When all fit, what a side that is. And on the bench, McCormick, Broadbent, Conroy, Rose, Anderson, Woolery and DJ. Imagine if we stayed 100% fit all season long. I don't imagine that that side would have struggled. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a really difficult award in a lot of ways because I think I think even if you had the fully fit squad there, you might have Conroy instead of someone, but you, you can't, as much as Conroy was brilliant um, in the opening months of the season because he was out for so long, I don't think you can really include him in the team of the year, even though Conroy's contribution was, was valued as much as anyone else. And the same kind of goes for Lydon in the backwards where he wasn't... Um, fit a lot he was sort of in and out but when he was fit Swindon were a lot better side and and, and in, that, in that respect it was, it's Harsh Anderson who who filled in a lot brilliantly and played the 10 role brilliantly when 
when Leiden was injured, it's just a case of I think the only real change you can make is is Leiden around us, and that might, that might split a lot of people. But I think the bench is just you know it's harsh on Conroy who got injured, it's harsh on Anderson who who might have got a place, but the other ones were were good players, but I don't think they would start over anyone that's in the lineup. So hard to do, but I think there's only um, I think there's only one or two contentious um, issues in there. Completely agree, and this is it. the final decisions we made were, as you quite rightly pointed out, based on injuries apart really from form, especially with Dion Conroy. Um, I'm more than sure he would have capped in this all the way through more than adequately, but he just simply didn't play enough of the season. Yeah, I can't really add any much more to that. It's, uh, it's, it's sad and we would have liked to see a lot more to Dion, so it's nothing personal in that regard. It's just the fact that he didn't play nearly as, not, uh, nearly as much as Baldry and, and Fryer's flat centre-back role. So it's, uh, it's harsh, but it had to be done. But we do love Dion and, and glad he's contracted for another year. The penultimate award then for this year was the fans favorite award the listeners winner in 2019 it was won by michael doughty this year i put it to vote on twitter and the town end forum uh, it was a three-man vote of rob hunt owen doyle and anthony grant the winner secured 50 percent of the vote it was anthony grant I think this is a good award for us because we can sort of give the, the listeners a player of the year award and then we can ignore it and give it to someone else like we've done in both 2019 and 2020, spoiler alert. So definitely good that we can have a player of the year award, which we won't, uh, <laughs> I guess maybe a better judgment won't agree with, but people can be happy that they got something for it instead. So uh, definitely a, a good award for us, if not, if not the listeners. Yeah, we'll have to move swiftly on now and just merge this into the conversation. So the Low Strangers best player in 2019 was Kyle Noyle. In 2020, we have given it to Owen Doyle. So if we sign a player called Boyle in the summer, we know where the Low Strangers award is going to <laughs> going to. This was really, really tough because, you know, everybody knows that I'm a big fan of Rob Hunt. Anthony Grant has been phenomenal since he came in, but Owen Doyle... Me and you, Ben, we're always looking to go against the grain slightly with the popular votes. And this year, I feel that we've gone for the goals. We all know that the contributions that others made to assist Owen Doyle has been really, really important. I put it to Anthony Grant whether like the team would get player of the year this year. And he said, no way. And I'm going with the Anthony Grant uh, philosophy there. So Owen Doyle wins it because his strike rate this year, his work rate, the way he made the fans feel while he was at the club, that moment against Plymouth encapsulated what we'd all experienced during that brief stay before he made it permanent. And I would therefore stand by this as a very worthy winner. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have had any qualms if Anthony Grant won it or Rob Hunt won it or, or any of those people that, that definitely people have um, been pushing for. But I think when I think of this season, I'll definitely think of Owen Doyle's goals. And like I said, it's historic and we'll probably won't see it again unless unless Bullens Ball is in full flight when football resumes again. But I think one of the main things that made me sort of go for door for this one is I always thought back to... 2011-12 where Matt Ritchie won player of the year for League 2 but more Cormac won club player of the year and that always seems weird to me that the best player in League 2 wasn't uh, the best player in the in the club according to the fans vote so I think we should have the the sort of even though Doyle might not have been the best player it might have been Grant it might have been Hunt I think the, the talisman and the iconic figure of 2019-20 will, um, will be Owen Doyle so I think he should be player of the year on that basis and Anthony Grant can have you know fans awards and, and things like that but I think 
Owen Doyle, if we were going to sum up 2019-20 one player and who told the story of this season, I think that would be Owen Doyle, like it was in, like it was uh, Matt Ritchie in 2011-12. Yeah, completely agree. I think ultimately what we all wanted as a fan base was to get out of League Two in a positive way, and his goals have been what we've been missing for two years, for two seasons, and if he doesn't play again for Swindon, Owen Doyle. His job is done, as far as I'm concerned. He he can go with his head held high. I want him to stay, of course, but it's just in the three quarters of a season he was with us, or maybe a bit more, depending on what you determine the end of the season, he really, really made a significant impact on this football club. Yeah, definitely. I think as much as this was a great team uh, and a great squad, I think if you were going to say this is one person's year, I think it's definitely Owen Doyle for the Ginger Palais and the national media interest. And I can say this is someone who reported on the on the club in the press box. There was always a national journalist trying to get the, the next uh, Owen Doyle story from him scoring yet again to keep up the, the ever-going record. So, like I said, to repeat, I think if you were going to sum up the season in one play and who who do you think of when you think of 2019-20, I think it's going to be Owen Doyle for a lot of people and certainly me. Yeah. And there we go. That's it. I mean, we mentioned pretty much everyone I think people like Zeki Friars has gone under the radar somewhat I would possibly argue that I had plenty of expectation for Zeki when he arrived and he lived up to it perhaps didn't play as many games as I would have liked and that's why he isn't included in many of these I think Danny Rose's contribution when there was injuries was significant as well Matthew Baldry did his job phenomenally. Again, we expected him to be crocked for the whole season. He hates the fact that people always talk about his injury record and he proved he was more than capable of seeing out the majority of the season. Loads of contributions this year. It's It's been great fun, which we'll get to talk about in a bit more depth in a few days' time. Yeah, I think you've made the main point there that we'll, any player that we haven't given them sufficient praise during this podcast will certainly make up for it in the next one, or at least try to. But I think I want to make one final point, really, and I hope that if we do get a trophy celebration of some kind, whether that's with no one there and just a picture or, or whatever, I think we should try and get the trophy lifted by you know club captain Dion Conroy, long-standing and, and mostly club captain this season, vice-captain Matty Baldry, and then Paul Keller just for old time's sake. So hopefully... Uh, Heads up, media people that's been in town. Hopefully get a nice picture of all those three lifting the trophy when we get a celebration of some kind. Amen to that. Ben, thank you very much. Cheers, Rich. The Low Strangers is proudly sponsored by the official STFC Supporters Club. The music was created by the great Matthew Kilford, and the artwork is provided expertly by John Daglish. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Come on, boys. For it's a grand old team to play for. And it's a grand old team to see. Come on, you know the history. It's enough to make your heart go. What the hell do we care? Cause we only know that there's gonna be a show and the Swindon town will be
the only thing I'm deleting from that is that laugh at the end. Um... <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 